0: stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge.
1: Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick. And this week, I'm joined by Zach's associate stock strategist, Dan LeBeau, our resident young millennial strategist. And now the editor of our newest, latest newsletter here at Zach's, The Headline Trader. Did I get that right, Dan? It's The Headline Trader, right?
0: yeah that's correct
1: okay so i asked dan to come on because he is our youngest millennial strategist and we wanted to talk about the interesting development of younger investors getting into the stock market but it's not just limited to the united states apparently so just before we jumped on this podcast i just saw this headline from reuters and i'm going to read the headline off okay it said south korean boy investor with 43 percent gains is new retail trading icon apparently his name is kwan jook and he dreams of becoming the next warren buffett and he's 12. so a couple of things that um he decided to buy after he talked his mom into seeding his account because he's 12. (laughs) He needs his parental support here. Um, But in April of 2020, after the big market sell-off, which did happen in in South Korea's market as well as the U.S., he talked his mom into putting $22,400 into his seed account. And a couple of things he bought, which the article mentions, are South Korea's largest messenger app, which is... I'm going to really be bad at pronouncing this, Kakao Corp, K-A-K-A-O. He bought memory chip maker Samsung and Hyundai Motors, all of which are have been hot. I looked up Hyundai Motors, which you can buy here on the over-the-counter trade. It's ticker H-Y-M-T-F, and it's up 56% in the last year. So, yeah, some of these stocks are hot. And um he talked about how he wants to own stocks for 10 to 20 years. He's not trading it because of course Buffett is his his um, you know icon. And so he believes in long-term investing. So Kwon does too, but it said this interesting stat in the article that two-thirds of the total value of South Korean stocks that were traded in 2020 were by teenagers or younger, even <laughs> younger than teens. And it was only 50 percent in 2019 so much like in the us where a lot of younger investors were kind of lured into the stock market during the coronavirus like shutdowns last spring and when there was no sports and people needed something to do but they've stayed in it and now people are interested just in investing and trading alone So I feel like, Dan, this story kind of confirms my theory and why I want to do this podcast, because I feel like these youngest investors are strangely value investors, Mm -hmm. not necessarily like the traders. They're not into these like, you know, the super hottest of the hot stocks or companies with no earnings. They literally are, you know, looking for value. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think that there's this predisposition in the market right now, especially with, with what's going on with GameStop, AMC, and a, and a number of other, you know, short-sold stocks that these retail traders are only focused on the quick buck and you know betting big and losing big and making big money. Um, both not really what an investor is. It seems more like gambling. But there is a huge cohort of these millennial and Gen Zs that are just Buy and hold investors, and they're oh. surging into uh, they're surging into ETFs. This last year alone was the biggest inflow for ETFs, with 500 billion dollars surpassing 2017. You know, the ETF dash um, by a sizable amount, and I only expect this to continue moving forward here. And, you know, it's it's interesting what this is doing to the market with this buy and hold strategy and, you know, this massive amount of new retail cash coming into the markets. It's kind of pushing up, uh, you know, PDE multiples and different valuation multiples and not really having an opportunity to pull it back because these, like I said, are buy and hold investors. So yeah. we could be living in an environment where um, the PDE is perpetually higher than it has ever been in the past and um that's something that we have to consider as as investors but you know as far as uh these this uh value trade I I I've, I've been looking across the board looking at what people are buying and you're right they are looking for long-term holds as well as quick gains and I think their value uh you know mindset is off the idea that they can get quick gains off these value stocks. I mean, I, just looking at it in the last you know couple weeks, um, we saw Ford and GM surge off of this news that they're investing heavily in um, EV and autonomous vehicle uh, segments, and you know those were considered value plays, but now they're they're transitioning to growth plays. So it's it is kind of a you know a balance between the two.
1: Yeah, because I don't think anyone would have considered General Motors to be a hot stock. Like I've been covering it for years on the Value Investor podcast, and it's been trading in a narrow trading range for nearly the entire five years. And it's been cheap the entire time. Um, it's had you know good earnings, all of that. It traded at least, I don't know, as low as like four or five times earnings at one point. And now suddenly, because the news you said about the electric vehicle push, and and I think these young traders discovering it, because they don't really have a history with General Motors the same way an older investor would. And they just hear these new, this news, and it is big news, and now the shares are up um, something like 56 percent or something over the last year they're at five-year highs but they're still only trading at nine times earnings general motors
0: yeah i mean you can still make the argument these are value trades
1: yeah um another thing i thought was kind of interesting is the last time we saw this amount of retail money coming into the stock market was really in the dot-com boom years and i have some experience with buying and being a new investor during that era and in that era all the investors that i knew and and trader people all we wanted to do was buy the latest hottest internet stock or tech stock so like microsoft was one of the big winners of the 90s and all of us wanted to own it and as soon as e trade came into being and we could you know get cheaper trades on our desktop At the time, we were buying Microsoft, Qualcomm, even like Pets.com, which went bankrupt, like anything with the dot-com at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, those were all super hot. There were some other, the old economy stocks like GE, Pfizer, Merck, a lot of the drug stocks were good. But new investors, we all wanted to be in the latest hot thing because those were the ones that saw these huge gains. You know, they were up you know you could buy one on an ipo and it would go up 300 on the day of the ipo stuff like that if you were trading it the day trader types but i i don't get the same feeling at least here in 2020 into 2021 from the young investors this time i don't feel like that they are seeking out even the latest like ipo that they're the ones buying that it doesn't seem um- like it's true. I don't know.
0: I, I actually tend to disagree with that. I think that, I mean, think about the SPAC market in general, right? That was just about half of uh, 2020's IPO market. You know, we had 454 companies IPO um, in 2020, surpassing the 1999 bubble. And just about half of that was driven by SPACs, you know, these blank check companies. And these specs are only growing in uh, in prevalence right now. With uh, over the past, you know, 52 weeks, you know, over 250 of these blank check companies have been created, generating. Um, what, what's what's around $2 billion in value a day. This is adds up to between $500 and $600 billion annually. And these SPACs are being driven by retail investors. It's the reason that they're creating these SPACs, because SPACs can be marketed to retail investors through avenues like CNBC um, and you know, kind of stretch the story, so to speak. I, I don't want to say that they're they're misleading investors. I mean, in some cases, they are. You saw it with Nikola, the, the rise and fall of that company. Yeah. But um, you know, the, these specs are focused on retail investors for a good valuation, and um, I think that these <laughs> these retail investors are very antsy to get onto the ground floor of a lot of these companies. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some of the stock, the top stock picks on Robinhood right now, and uh, in Churchill Capital. Um, is 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 a spec still hasn't decided on what company to go with yet. You know how specs work—they uh, acquire another business in order to um, take them public. So, Church Churchill Capital ticker CCIV. This isn't their first spec, by the way. Um, looks to be their fourth, based off of their their ticker here. Uh, there's some kind of uh news. There was a rumor kept coming out that Churchill Capital was going to take Lucid. Uh, Motors, you know, the the EV company, the higher end luxury EV company, public. And just off that implication, this stock has surged Um, or just off those rumors. Let me see how much it's gone up. Um, Yeah, just in the last month, it's up over 141 percent. And that is driven by retail investors who, you know, see this as an opportunity to get on the ground floor.
1: So maybe it's more of a a trend of what the trend is and that the younger investors are, are getting into the things that are the trendiest, like electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. doesn't matter so much as if it's like a, you know, really old company like a GM or this Churchill Capital that may or may not be going in that direction. It just matters that it's electric vehicles.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think you're right on that point. I, I think it's it's these, you know, it, it goes back to the Wall Street bets thing. Everybody coming together and deciding, this is the stock we want to buy. Um, you know, these these millennials and Gen Zs don't have the time to do research on stocks and do the due diligence. So they follow what the other, what their friends are doing, what the other Gen Zs, what the other millennials are doing in the markets. And um You know it's it's had some positive implications on some of these value names
1: yeah for sure now what about the more expensive stocks like by price like some of the fangs like an amazon that's over three thousand dollars a share Mm -hmm. that would seem to be out of reach for most younger investors who obviously should have less to spend like, why, why do I want to go out and buy one share of Amazon if I have, you know, $3,000 or $5,000 to spend yeah. on stocks? That seems really boring. So do you think then um, splitting a stock like an Amazon would really bring it into the purview of these younger investors, kind of like Apple did the split and it seems to be a popular stock among younger people?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you saw it with Apple. You saw it with Tesla. We yeah. saw a big jump with these, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming it's retail investors because, you know, institutional investors don't see any change in value from splitting the stock. But right. I think you're absolutely right with the fact that Amazon is trading at, you know, $3,300 a share. That's a little bit too pricey for the average, um, you know, the average t- small-time trader or investor. But then again, Robinhood is allowing these traders to to trade fractional shares. So, the the barriers to entry in general not only is it free to get into the stocks but you're able to get into like a marginal amount of a stock and not have to pay the full 3300 to get exposure which yeah. is which is crazy i mean personally i i haven't dabbled in the the fractional shares because that gets you know too ambiguous and too uh, i don't know i i don't like the idea of having part of something but um people are definitely doing it my I, my sister bought Fifteen dollars of Amazon the other
1: day. Wow. And she
0: was she was all excited about it. she's like, oh, i'm I'm a part of Amazon now. I own Amazon. I'm like wow, man, that's that's wow. awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I wouldn't think someone would go that low, but if you have no fees to buy it, why not? Yeah.
0: There's no reason not to exactly.
1: Yeah. Now, back in the day, during the dot com boom, they started up services that also offered fractional shares, interestingly. And it was called Share Builder back then, where it encouraged you to build up to get a full share, but doing it slowly. So you would put in, you know, fifty dollars a month or whatever into whichever stock into in Amazon. And you know, then you would slowly buy and it would buy the fractionals and you would have like point, you know, zero zero five percent or whatever it is of a full share. But you could do it back then, and then those those services kind of went out of favor. But maybe they and they ended a couple of years ago. They finally shut down Sharebuilder a couple of years ago. But now maybe they shut down too soon. It sounds like.
0: Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, it's not just Robinhood that's doing it. I think a lot of the other um, a lot of the other startup trading platforms, and there have been some like Weebull, That's another one. Um, but it's it's interesting. I was looking at uh, app downloads for some of the the biggest trading platforms, and you know the the traditional TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab, um, what are some of the other ones? Fidelity. They're all lagging behind uh, Robinhood, and Robinhood's seen between one million and three million monthly new downloads since the beginning of twenty twenty. And you know when GME and AMC, you know they had all those uh, liquidity issues, so they had to halt trading for those specific uh, stocks. Yeah, there was a huge revolt supposedly against Robinhood on that. But didn't everybody close their accounts or something? Yeah, that's what that's what the people thought was going to happen. But that Friday was the best day for app downloads to Robinhood in their history. they down Over 600,000 uh, Robinhood accounts were open that day. Wow. Which is crazy. It's just like, whatever people hear in the news, they jump on it, whether it's negative, positive. But I mean, at the end of the day, Robinhood needed liquidity. It wasn't because they were trying to manipulate GameStop or AMC prices. They just didn't have the liquidity to cover what was going on with those stocks.
1: Yeah. Um, speaking of you, you mentioned earlier, like where younger investors get their in investing or stock information from, and a lot of it do get it on wall street bets on these like chat boards and whatnot, but is there anywhere else that they're looking for info? I mean, obviously if, if Warren Buffett is like your idol or something like you have to get that, mm-hmm. that somewhere else. <laughs> you're, not, you're not picking that up, I don't think, on the things. like Are they reading any of the hot investing books? Like One of the ones that was really hot for last year is called The Psychology of Money, and it's by Morgan Housel. It's not a total uh, focus on only investing, but it mentions investing throughout, and Warren Buffett is mentioned numerous times in several of the chapters because it really focuses on the compounding of money and how it can work. And he's one of the best examples of how it's worked and worked well for him. Um, But I'm wondering if a lot of these younger investors maybe picked up this book because it was the number one investing book of last year and it was a a big bestseller and continues to be here in 2021. I'm gonna do a whole podcast on it because um, I've read it and it, it kept me up at night a couple times, actually, on some of the chapters because it was so good. But could, could people be younger investors be reading these types of books and that's where they're getting some of their ideas about the longer term buy and hold type of investing and how it can work?
0: Yeah, that's definitely possible. I think uh, I think Michael Lewis is a big you know, Wall Street author that a lot of millennials specifically are reading, you know, Liar's Poker, uh, The Big Shorts, and even yeah. Flash Boys. Um, and I've, I've read all those books. He's a great author. I'm not yeah. sure if you're getting their investment advice from there, though, because that would require them doing their own due diligence. And a lot of these people don't right. have the time. Okay. Uh, and, you know, i I think a lot of them are still watching CNBC like me and you do um, yeah. getting advice from there, uh, you know reading The Wall Street Journal. but I think a lot of it has to do with just word of mouth, honestly, just talking to their friends. Everybody's got their I think nowadays at least uh, everybody that I know has their they um, they trading you know group chats and and that's where they get a lot of their information from is just from their friends.
1: okay. So what can we expect from this group of investors and traders if there is a bigger correction than just the 2 or 3% one we've had so far in 2021? We will get an actual 10% correction at some point. Mm-hmm. What what kind of behavior do you think we can expect to see because we haven't we had one that was a pretty severe correction in September into october of 2020 and that didn't seem
0: to phase any of the new investors well, yeah it, and does
1: the big question have any phasing
0: i don't know I, I don't even think i mean i think we'll see a very similar pullback to like what you said in september i don't think it's going to be sizable i think that there's going to be some very quick buy the dip uh mentalities when we see that but we are you know we are getting the real frothy levels here trading right up to the s and real close to 4000 and that's that's hitting a lot of these analysts year-end expectations for 2021. Yeah. Um, the, median, the median target right now is is 21 or sorry, is is 41,000 and you know, we're not far off from that trading above 39 right now. Um but I think on a pullback we're going to see a buy the dip I mean, households alone this year saved $2.9 trillion, and they, they haven't all put their money in the market yet. I mean, obviously, you've seen a slew um, over the last you know, few months with these new account openings, but I think there's still a lot of cash on the sidelines, and I don't think a dip is going to really put a dent in uh, the zeal, so to speak, of this new cohort of retail investors. Okay.
1: So tell me any of your inside uh, knowledge from watching some of these young investors and your friends and whatnot. Are the short squeeze stocks mostly done now? Is that trade over?
0: It feels like it. I mean, he dropped below 50 today. It's trading at 48. I mean, the thing is, is this was a smart move. This wasn't a dumb move by any means, and there was a lot of people who made a lot of money off of this. It was just, I mean, you just had to sell. It's funny, this mentality that these guys just don't want to sell, this diamond hands mentality here in Wall Street bets, but there was a huge opportunity to make an enormous amount of money um, if you were able to, I mean, just sell when you're up, you know? (laughs) Don't wait for it to fall back down. Right. Um, So if they're done with that trade, what comes next? You know, that's a great question. And I've been I've been studying that myself. I think that a lot of the people that got wiped out by GameStop are definitely going to be off of the the markets for a bit. They're going to be sitting back waiting to uh, to see what happens. And I don't know. I mean, it's definitely not going to be another short squeeze situation like we saw. I mean, the market's Wall Street's prepared for this. They're not going to let that happen again. Right, um, right. But yeah, I'm 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 not sure. I mean, you see you see this similar stuff with cryptocurrency with Dogecoin yeah. uh, surging thousands of percents in a matter of weeks and it's just a meme. I'm pretty sure that that cryptocurrency came out as a as a joke. And just because just because people are saying it's, uh, you know, it's a buy, like my 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 cousin texted me today about it. she's like, what do you think about Dogecoin? I'm like, it's a meme, Liz. Right. <laughs> right. There's That's no awesome. real value behind it. I mean, I, I, I the story I've heard is that it's less effective than any of the other cryptocurrencies yeah. um, as far as transaction store value goes. Um, but. No, it's it'll be interesting to see what happens next. I, when this whole short squeeze was happening, I was looking at you know some of the the largest companies with you know long short to cover ratio or uh, days to cover ratio. I'm sorry, um, which means you know the the short interest uh, divided by the the float or the sorry the daily volume, which mean which effectively is how many days it would take all the shorts to cover at the average volume daily volume and i came across this interesting stock done really well since i initially looked at it but i haven't seen any memes or anything about it It's has no. pharmaceuticals and i was looking at it what's the ticker the ticker is uh lgnd i was looking at it when this whole short squeeze was happening in in mid-january and the stock has continued higher and higher and higher um and I'm thinking it's because of this implication that these these shorts are scared and they're getting out. It has nothing to do with uh, retail investors jumping on this. I just think short sellers are are scared of Wall Street bets.
1: Okay. Yeah. See this huge gain it's had uh, in recent recent days. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, like there are some strange moves that are going out there in stocks that were not in among the original of the ones that were targeted by Wall Street bets. And so I feel like the um, people who are in some of those should also maybe be on the lookout to cash in on like unexpected gains, I guess Mm -hmm. I should
0: say. Definitely.
1: Some things, if it feels like too good to be true, then it might be time to try to take some off the table.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Pull your initial investment at least. Right, right, right.
1: Exactly. Um, Okay, so we've covered a lot. Um, Some young investors, it sounds like, could be value investors. Some are chasing the next hot thing, whatever it is. But a lot of people are getting into the stock market and that doesn't appear to be, you know, slowing anytime soon. If anything, it seems to be picking up some
0: steam here in 2021. Mm -hmm. One more interesting question I had. So pensions aren't really a thing anymore. People are now left to their own devices for their retirements, it would seem, especially with a lot of people not expecting to get their Social Security money, um, at least in in my age group, the millennial age group. Um, So I think that is also adding fuel to the fire for more people wanting to have you know, that 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 backdrop of of savings and oh. obviously with interest rates so low, there's not really too many ways to uh, to make returns on your your stagnant capital, except for in the equity market. So it's pushing okay. a lot of these retail investors who could have been in bonds up the risk ladder and into uh, into the stock market.
1: OK, yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, Well, we'll see over the year how how it goes for everybody in this market. But stocks are back up pretty much to, you know, new highs again almost every day here. Mm -hmm. So we will be tracking it. Okay, let me cover the tickers we talked about on this episode. There was GameStop again. That's still in the news. GME is the ticker. Hi Andy trades over the counter. It's H-Y-M-T-F. Tesla, of course, TSLA, Apple, we mentioned, AAPL, Amazon, um, we mentioned, AMZN, um, AMC, that's still kind of in play, is it? I think so, AMC, but that's uh, play on the reopen as well. General Motors, GM, we mentioned uh, Lagan Pharmaceuticals, LG, ND, and that. That one SPAC that everybody's uh, trading in right now in Robinhood is Churchill Capital CCIV. I think that covers most of the things we talked about. But as always, you want to make sure you get us somewhere. We are on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on all the big podcast platforms. And be sure to get us every week so you don't miss any of the stock ideas or Interesting things that are going on out there because there is a lot happening here in 2021, but I'll be back again next week with some more stocks.